Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Well, hello, hello, my Girl Next Door tribe. Happy Wednesday to you all. Look, I apologize if you can hear some banging and thumping today. I've asked the family, guys, please, can you be quiet? Because I'm recording. And um, their version of quiet is still banging and thumping. But hey, when you've got five people in a house, what can you do? All right, we are going to have um, a bit of a change of pace today. I think we're all a bit sick of uh, hearing about COVID-19. So I am not going to talk about that today. Other than to say that uh, I continue to pray for you all and your safety and your wellness so that's literally all I'm going to say but we today are going to talk about Botox bed hair and stained glass windows right fun what do they all have in common well you have to keep listening and find out hey today is for all the girls who were really honest with me on Instagram a couple of days ago about all the things that they don't like about themselves and this is for every girl and guy I know that you're there, who wish that there's something that they could change about themselves, which, uh, to be honest, is all of us, right? And I really do believe that the more comfortable that we are with who we are, the better that we will lead. And of course, you know that this is all about learning to be girls who lead well in life, who might be the ordinary girls, but we're called to lead an extraordinary life as we follow the call of God. So, That's what we're going to chat about today and I'm going to start with being really honest and answer the question, are there things I wish I could change about myself? Well, yes, hello, of course, I think we wouldn't be human if we didn't. Like, I've always wanted skinny arms. If you've got skinny arms, I so envy you. I've never had skinny arms, even when I was little. Like, I was born with chubby arms like I looked like the Michelin baby when I was born not when I was first born but after a few months but anyway I envy girls who like can wave and their arms don't move I don't have that gift or the girls that can preach in t-shirts I'm like in awe of you I wish that was me um what else like my thighs are like they're just there you know you know people wear skinny jeans and like they look skinny in skinny jeans I wear skinny jeans and like my thighs just kind of like pop out a bit on the sides. It's like, yep, embrace that. Um, I can see that I'm aging more now, you know, getting older girls. Got some like dry skin on the back of my hands and oh my gosh, pet hate. Some like brown spots coming up on my hands from driving in Queensland without wearing sunscreen. Girls, wear sunscreen on your hands when you drive. I've always been vigilant about my face, but not my hands. You know, my skin's getting a bit saggy and I don't like photos being taken from the side. There's plenty of things that if I could, I'd be like, yep, tuck this, nip that, change that. Um, I've had so many young girls and having conversations with me. It always seems to happen when I'm driving with girls, by the way. Like when I go speak somewhere and usually the girl that, you know, it's a girl that comes pick me up, picks me up. And we always end up in some good convo, but often they'll start, you know, just complaining about themselves like, I hear this all the time. I hear girls all the time telling me that they need Botox, like Botox under their eyes and on their foreheads and how they can start to see the wrinkles around their eyes. I saw a girl that I love 
on Instagram the other day wrote this big long post about how she was aging and she's going to embrace it and you know she could see the wrinkles and the crow's feet and blah I'm like hang on you're like 25 what you wait till you get to 45 <laughs> it just made me laugh um but you know I, I hear girls say oh I have to be careful what I eat the pounds are coming on and I'm looking at these girls thinking girls you're like 26 or 28 or 30 like if you think you look bad what the heck are you thinking about me? Like, oh my gosh, like I've all those things you're worried about. I've got those things. And that's when I think to myself, you know what? But they aren't thinking about me. Like they are judging themselves really harshly, but they're not thinking about judging me at all. And this is when I become even more determined to be comfortable in my skin so that I can help all you girls to become comfortable in your skin. And this is when I become determined to embrace getting older gracefully. So when it's your turn, that you won't be afraid to either. So when I start becoming dissatisfied with myself, what I tend to do is I look back and I look ahead. So like when I look back, I look behind me. Well, I've got my daughter and all the all the girls whose lives I speak into. And so I always think to myself, you know what? When I start to become a bit dissatisfied, I actually owe it to them, mostly to Georgia, um, to surrender myself and embrace the way that God made me. And so, you know, sometimes Georgia does hear me complain, like I might, you know, just video something for church. I was like, oh my gosh, I look so old. And But then I catch myself and I'm like, I don't want her to judge herself as she gets older by the same standard. And then I look ahead. So I look behind at who's following you. And then I look ahead at people who are my heroes, like my my nana. And, you know, when she passed away, I didn't think about, oh my gosh, she had so many wrinkles or like, oh my gosh, what was the deal with that slight hump on the back of her, her back and her, her neck? She had like kind of this bump, big bump, like a, on the back of her neck. Like I didn't think about that or how gray her hair was or, oh my gosh, my nana so should have had Botox or a facelift. Like, no. I thought about how much I loved her and how much she loved me and what an impact she had on my life. And that is what truly matters. So think about the people who you truly love the most. And why do you love them? Like, think about that. Think about why you love the people that you do. And I bet you it's not because they're attractive or skinny or have lip fillers. Like, I have this favorite auntie of mine. I've got lots of aunties, but... um, Okay, one of my fa- they're all my faves, but one of my fave faves, Arnie Ann. Why is she my favorite Arnie? Like, is she skinny? Well, no. She always wears those kind of blowy caftani tops. Like, has she ever had Botox? No. Lip fillers? No. I don't even think she's ever gone to the gym a day in her life. She's even slightly deaf. She always has been, ever since I was little. She's always worn this, like, hearing aid. But why do I think of her as my fave? Why do I love her? Why has she impacted me? Because she's like sunshine. She's always so happy to see me. She never ever has forgotten to send me a birthday card. That's a lot of birthdays, guys. Like I'm like 46. Like what the heck? Every single birthday ever since I can remember. And when she sees me, she hugs me like my presence has made her day. And she's positive and she's interested in me. I don't judge her at all by the way that she looks. And yet that is what we do to ourselves. We're so judgmental 
on ourselves. But when we remember the people that truly that we truly love or that truly love us, it's not about that. So why do we judge ourselves by standards that nobody else is actually judging us by? And you know what? If they are, they're not worth having in our lives. I don't want friends that are like that. So the big question I left you, I've left you hanging girls for like weeks on this one. (laughs) Why won't I have Botox? Firstly, can I just say, if you do have Botox and you love Botox, go for it. Like, this is not my judgment. This is just how I feel about it personally. And if you like it, honestly, Botox away, go for it. But I know myself and Cameron will often say, you know, like he loves to shake the can and he'll be like, well, you wear makeup, you get your hair dyed. Why is it any different? And so he really has challenged me to think hard about this. It's like, oh yeah, it's true. I get my hair colored, my ears pierced, I've got a nose ring. Like, why is it any different to go get some Botox? Botox but you know makeup does make me feel nice and I had a mum and a grandma who taught me never leave the house without makeup two things they taught me make your bed I know three make your bed do the dishes put your makeup on but at the end of the day I take it off and it doesn't define me Um, I get my hair colored because I've always been blonde as a little kid and obviously your hair gets a bit darker as you get older thank god I'm not gray that's not why why I, I dye my hair I actually have got no gray hair hallelujah that's a good thing, right? Got to celebrate the wins. Um, but being blonde's like a part of me. I enjoy being blonde. And, you know, all of these things take a bit of time, a bit of money. But for me, it's a pretty extreme length to go to to get something so invasive as like Botox. So um, the reason is like for me, I avoid needles, pain, and certainly surgery at any cost. Like, like I don't, I won't even, I don't even go get the flu vaccine. <laughs> Because I'm like, I don't want a needle and I never get the flu. But like if I were to go get Botox or surgery to go to that extreme, I would only do it because I felt so dissatisfied with myself that it would force me to do it. So I know then that for me, I would have to really, really dislike myself to go to the lengths of having Botox. Um, But I am at the core of me. I am happy with who I am. I don't always love everything, but... I am happy at the core of me with who I am and I might whinge and joke. Sometimes I say to Cameron, oh my gosh, I need a facelift. Um, But then Cameron will go, oh, okay, go do it. And then I'm like mortified. I'm like, no way. So I would say dare to ask yourself why. And that's what I do with the whole Botox question. Why would I do that? Why would I go and do that? What I consider a really invasive procedure. I'd have to really dislike myself. And that to me is not a good basis to do something. So Cameron, on the other hand, I could totally see him going and getting Botox, like for fun. I reckon he'd so go iron out a few wrinkles. But at the end of the day, again, he thinks he's pretty darn awesome. Like he he's not he wouldn't go do it because he's so dissatisfied with himself or he's comparing himself to all these other pastors that might be the same age that go get work done. Like he just doesn't care. And I tell you, there are more and more people my age, women my age on the speaking circuit who get work done. And every now and then I'm like, oh my Lord, they look so much younger than me and I know they're older. But but in my heart of hearts, I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to go and do that. I want to embrace who I am. I've had great examples in front of me, particularly like with my, with my nana, with my mom. Um, and so I just feel a responsibility to go, you know what, girls, you can be yourself and embrace yourself and love the season that you're in. 
So, you know, even in this season with all this filming for um, online church, I've seen a lot of a lot of the women going and getting their hair and makeup done professionally for all this filming. And there is nothing wrong with that. But it's not just me. I actually hate it when people touch my hair and my face. I'm like, get out. Stop it. I hate it. I hate other people doing my makeup and especially my hair because I've kind of got weird hair that is hard to make it look right. Honestly, I could tell you stories about other people doing my hair. Hilarious, but I won't. I won't right now. Um, But just because the other girls are going and getting professional hair and makeup doesn't mean that I have to feel the pressure to do that. And just because I'm not doesn't mean that they can't. So, but look, to be honest, there's no doubt I tell the lighting guys, hey guys, can you maybe soften up the lighting just a little bit? Like give give a girl a break. But again, for me, it always comes back to the why. Like if you want to look extra nice and get professional hair and makeup done, go for it. But for me... I just like keeping it real. I don't go get my hair and makeup done for normal church and my church family don't want to see me all dolled up right now. You know what they want? They just want to see our face. That's all they want. They just want to see real, raw, normal looking Renee, the Renee that turns up on the Sunday. That's what they want to see. And that just makes me so much more relatable to them. Like they're not going and getting their hair and makeup done to sit on their lounge, you know, to go and watch me. On, um, on, on, on live link and they don't love me because my hair and makeup are nice. We're just grateful to still be able to connect on some level together. And when they see me, I just want them to see me. I, I even remember feeling like that the day that I married Cameron. I didn't want to not look like me. I didn't want to walk down the aisle and Cameron be like, whoa, who's that? I just wanted to feel like me. Okay, so that's Botox. Okay, next one, bed hair. Bed hair. Do you know that bed hair can teach us something? Like how is your hair in the morning? Like are you one of these people that wake up with beautiful hair in the morning? Mine is like crazy, weirdly wild. Like I literally look like a wild woman in the morning. Like however I put my hair, it stays there. So if I wear a pony and then I take it out and I go to bed, when I get up the next morning, my hair is literally up in the air. Like it's it's not a great sight. <laughs> Cameron never laughs at it. I always think it's hilarious. But you know what? Our messy bed hair is actually the keeper of a great truth. That how we wake up with our hair in the mornings is how we should be in our hearts all the time. How good is that? Our bed hair is a keeper of the great truth. That the way we wake up with our hair in the mornings is actually how our hearts should be all the time. What's that? raw, organic, wild and free. It's the keeper of the truth that all we really need to be is our true selves, like unkempt, crazy, the crazy I just woke up like this, not our primped, pressed and perfect selves. We don't need to be anything but who we truly are. We don't have to keep up appearances all the time. Our life is to be enjoyed just as it is, just as we are, not when it's perfect. Our bed hair is the keeper of the truth that it's perfectly fine to be a little out of control and not have every detail in place. It's the keeper of the truth that, you know, we're made to live a life that's lived in and cozy and at home because you know what? The people that love us like that with our wild, crazy morning hair, they're the people who really love us and they're the ones that will keep loving us and they're the ones that we want to love right back. And it's the keeper of the truth that we don't have to fit neatly tucked in 
you know, in all the right places. And that is like so freeing. So tomorrow morning, when you see yourself in the mirror with all your glorious, messy, crazy, wild hair, I want you to remember that your hair is a reminder and a keeper of all of those great truths that I just spoke about. And I want you to smile to yourself and I want you to embrace it. And I want you to remember that, you know, that that self before you get out in the morning, primped, makeup, whatever, that's the true you. And that's the true you who is loved. I don't think anyone in your household would wake up in the morning and go, oh my Lord, are you kidding me? Like, do you look, is that what you look like? Like, get get out of here. You know, I knew a girl years ago from our old church who used to get up early when she first got married, would get up early and put her makeup on before her husband would see her. I'm like, what? Number one, the effort to do that. Oh Lord. I probably did consider that at first, actually. It's like, oh, what will Cameron think when he sees me without my makeup? Oh my gosh. Um, but you know, it's when people see you as your raw, true self and they love you, they are the keepers. They're the people who you love more than anyone. And, you know, even my kids, um, you know, they see me without any makeup on and messy hair and, you know, pale face in the morning and my kids don't go, oh Lord, mum, gee, you better go do something. Like they just, they just love you and you love them. And that's real life. That's what it means to be truly loved. So there you go. So we have talked about Botox and bed hair. So let's get on to my third one on stained glass windows. Um, you know, late last year, Cameron and I were in the city and we stopped to looking at this beautiful old Anglican church in the city. And he, well, it was so stunning inside. Like, you know, old churches are so different from the churches that we all go to, the modern churches. And this particular one was full of like beautiful, big stained glass windows. Like they were really high up in the building. And there was this one particular stained glass window and the time of day that we were there, the sun was pouring through one of the stained glass, one of the windows. And because of the height that Cameron was, the sun was hitting the window and he could see the light refract. I think, I think that's the right word, refract and split. And it made this stunning light pattern. And he kept saying to me, oh my gosh, look at that window. It's incredible. And I'm looking up and all I'm seeing is the stained glass window. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was getting so frustrated with me. I'm like, I have no idea. He's like, can't you say that? Can't you see that beautiful light? I'm like, no, it was because of the height that he was at. And you know, when the light comes through a stained glass window and it refracts and it makes this beautiful, stunning pattern, which usually would be reflected on the floor of the church. But because of the height that he was at, it, he could actually just kind of, he was seeing it right at the window. That is known as a heavenly illumination. And I want to use this analogy of stained glass windows to remind us today that we are absolutely the way, the way that God has made us is absolutely incredible and amazing when we let him shine through those places. And I want to encourage all of us to embrace and accept all of those things that we don't like about ourselves. And I'm going to use this whole stained glass window thing to remind us of that. So 
You know, stained glass windows have been crafted in a particular way to reflect the light. So a stained glass window has nuances and cracks and niches. And when the light catches, these produce that spectacular light pattern that is known as a heavenly illumination. And that light pattern can be so beautiful and so breathtaking and impacting. You know, girls, we are that stained glass window. We each have been crafted in a specific and unique way, each with our own strengths and weaknesses. We've all got different personalities, different physicalities. And, you know, in the same way, God can actually shine through in the same way that God shines through all those nuances and cracks and faults in a stained glass window. He can shine through every facet of our personality, every facet of our quirks, every facet of our uniqueness, every facet of what we consider to be our flaws, because we are all designed to reflect and radiate the light of Jesus in a way that only you can with your particular set of, uh, of uniqueness. And that includes your flaws. Like That includes the things we don't like about ourselves. Psalm 34, 5. I love this scripture. Those who look to him are radiant. You know, stained glass windows are designed to tell a story. And if you want to throw away your weaknesses, your flaws, and all the little quirks and nuances that you don't like about yourself, then your story never gets told. That's, that is like sad that so many of us want to throw away certain things about ourselves, but it's all those little nuances and the imperfect parts and the rough parts that when we allow the light of Christ to be reflected in us, they tell a story that no one else can tell, that cannot be told through any other life but yours. Don't diminish who you are with all your cracks or your flaws because that's actually an opportunity for God to reflect his power and his grace because the world will miss out on your unique story. Like, how do we do this? How do we accept? How do we accept these very things we don't like about ourselves? And, and you know, the thing is, girls, we, we have to accept them. That's, that's the way forward in this. Like, don't try to quiet who you are. Don't try and hide who you are. Like I was saying before about the messy bed hair, you get up. Okay, I'm not saying go out of the house with your messy bed hair, although you can if you like. Like, I understand there's, you know, you want to fix your hair and you want to be presentable, but but, you know, when it comes to our hearts and our personalities, God's like, sit there in all your bed hair glory. You don't have to make yourself perfect or fix yourself or hide who we are. Like, don't try and squash the things that are a part of your story or your culture or your past because these things make up who you are. So affirm and celebrate your differences um, and affirm and celebrate the differences of others too. And I really want to just speak right into some of the things that you girls wrote to me. And I, I want to speak right into that right now. And I know there will be many of you listening and you're thinking of all the things that you don't like about yourself right now. And it could be something in your personality, but it could also be like a physicality, something you don't like about your body, something you don't like about, you know, in any part of you. What we need to do is after accepting them, we actually have to take our full self and surrender that to God. God made us with these nuances. So let me speak into that, into these things that you girls wrote to me. He made you the height that you are. He made you the body shape that you are. He made you, sweet girl, with those mannerisms. 
He knows about your past. He knows your story. He made you with that nose. He made your mouth. He made you with that ability to think deeply. He made you with that ability to see every little detail that you think annoys other people. He made you to sound that way when you laugh. And you know what? He loves it. He's not bothered one little bit by the acne on your face any more than he's bothered by the wrinkles on mine. Some of you need to hear that right now. Like he is not bothered by the scars on your body any more than he's bothered by the wrinkles on mine. We have to submit these things to God and watch him start to shine his light through us in ways that we could never anticipate. Like God's glory radiated through your life to your sphere of influence will impact others in a staggering way. And that's amazing. You are amazing just how you are. But that's the thing. It's not, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there about self-love. Ah, oh, you just, you know, you're, you're enough. You're enough because, you know, God made you and all that stuff. Well, no, we actually will never be enough just on our own. We will never be enough. So self-love is like, that's like a trap because you'll never be satisfied enough with yourself. But when we go, okay, I accept these parts of myself. But now I surrender them to God like that stained glass window that's up in that church. And I'm going to allow God's light, God's glory to shine through. Then that is going to radiate a heavenly illumination like it does onto the floor of the church. It's going to illuminate a heavenly illumination into other people's lives, into the sphere of your influence to impact people around you in a staggering way. You know, don't don't be like me that day. All I could see was the broken window. All I could see was the window, the stained glass window. And Cameron was getting so frustrated, like, look here, look this way, look it. And I couldn't see it. And sometimes what we do is all we focus on is the window, the nuances, the cracks, the brokenness, instead of focusing on the light, focusing on the sun, S-U-N and S-O-M. So it took, a, it took a lot of like me changing my perspective of where I was standing for me to finally be able to see what Cameron could see. And some of us need to do that. We just need to change our perspective right now. Our height is not going to go away. My wrinkles are not going to go away. My flabby arms maybe could if I went to the gym, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so those windows literally allow the light of God into the church. That is, that is literally what those windows were for. Back in the day when they built those churches, those windows were literally literally there to allow the light of God into the church. And hello, like we are the church. In Matthew 5, it talks about letting your light shine. Like I've put you up on a hill. Don't put it under a bucket. I've put you there to, to shine. And then it also talks a bit later on about shining your God colors. So it helps when we remember that too, that this actually isn't about us. This is about him shining his glory through my life to impact others. So, you know, sometimes when I fret, when I see a video and I think, oh my gosh, I'm looking a bit old or, oh my gosh, I can see my wrinkles or, oh, I look a bit too thigh-ish or, oh, gross, that was a bad angle. Oh, hello there, double chin. I, the way that I help myself there is I go, you know what, hang on a second. This actually is not about me. This is about letting the light of God shine through me regardless and radiate through me to illuminate and bless and touch and change other people. 
You know, the glass itself in a stained glass window is actually made up of a continuous network of atoms and those atoms are not ordered, but they're irregular. So if you feel a little disordered or irregular or out of shape or not quite perfect, then you, my friend, are the perfect candidate for God's light to shine through you the most. And that verse I talked about where it says to let your God colors shine, you know, stained glass windows are all made of different colors and it's adding the different color that gives spectacularly different results. We are each made with a different color and a different pattern and the light is then reflected in a beautiful, different and unique way. And that is what God wants. He did not make and does not want every stained glass window to look exactly the same with exactly the same colors. He made us all to be different. So for the girl who told me I don't feel like other teenagers or for the mum that told me a little while ago I'm different to all those other mums, you know what I say to you girls? I say good with a capital G-O-O-D, good, because you were never made to look like the other teenagers. You were never made to look like the other mums. You were made unique and if you feel different, then that's a good thing because God wants you to be different because nobody can shine the way that you shine. And you know what we need to remember is God is the ultimate glassmaker. He knew and jealously guarded the glass recipe that made you. And the beautiful thing is, I don't know if you know anything about glass making, but it begins with an artist making a sketch called a vitimus. And a vitimus means we have seen. And you know what? God has seen you. All your flaws, all your weaknesses, all your strengths, quirks, physicalities. And he sketched you and made you this way because he needs you to reflect his light like only you can. And you know, when I when I share things like this, I'm just so reminded that when I look at my life and, you know, we're leading a church and I'm running an academy and, um, you know, we're running Youth Alive for Queensland and National and I've got a beautiful family and I've got three beautiful kids and I love Cameron and he loves me. I look at all that stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, girls, I was the broken stained glass window. Like, you know, I was the very ordinary girl from a very ordinary suburb, from the very ordinary state of Adelaide. I'm not a pastor's kid. I don't come from a rich home. No one in my family is particularly educated. You know, there's nothing about me that would have said that I should be where I am. But what I did do was I was like, God, here's my stained glass window. Shine through me any any way that you want. And if you can use those broken parts of me, if you can use the parts of me that I don't particularly particularly love, but you can shine your light and then it doesn't become about me, but it becomes about you and touching others, then so be it. And that is the word of God for you today. So next time that your inner self is saying to you, you know, that inner conversation you have with yourself, oh my gosh, I, I hate this. Oh my gosh, that laugh sounds so embarrassing right now. Oh my gosh, I hate being this high. Oh my gosh, I'm so short. Oh my gosh, I'm such a bad mum right now. Like whatever it is, I want you to remember and say, you know what, God, I surrender that to you. This is yours. Take it, radiate through it because as I look to you, remember Psalms, as I look to you, those who look to you will radiate 
your glory. And that is what we are called to do. So be encouraged today. Be encouraged. Keep your head up and allow God's light to shine through you. I love you so much. I cannot wait to be with you again next week. And I pray that, you know what? Go and encourage someone else this week and go and tell someone else something that you love about them and be encouraged and blessed and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.